What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, brought to you by Letterman Row and our good friends at Buyers Automotive. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. That's Spencer Holbrook. We're talking Ohio State football recruiting. Um, it, it's been a, a busier week, Spencer, in the last uh, you know handful of days. There has been at least some sort of movement in the recruiting world. Uh, we're going to find out this week about a number of things, uh, Ohio State offensive line related. We'll start there because it is offensive line week on, on Letterman Row. Uh, the biggest thing, I guess, is the news that uh, Jagger Burton has decided to withhold uh, the plans, I guess. He, he's, he's pushing back the plans that he had to commit on August 24th. And I personally think in a position where you are recruiting a player and you're not the team to beat, more time is a good thing. I would agree with that. If you he was all signs had started to point toward Kentucky. Right. And Jagger Burton, I think, is a key piece for this offensive line class. So if you can get a little bit more time and maybe get him on campus, uh, if that's possible at all, then you got to feel good if you're Ohio State, because if he's not making the decision now, that means he's at least thinking about things other than Kentucky. So I think that that is a really good thing. Yeah, and and he's not the only one that made that decision in the last week. Rocco Spindler, another top 10 guard in the country, uh, has made a similar decision. He's announced that he's not going to make his decision this summer as he had initially intended. And that's, again... What you're talking about is is two recruitments where the Buckeyes are probably behind. But now, if there's a chance for kids to get back on campus, and both Jagger Burton and Rocco Spindler have indicated that they intend to wait until they can take all of their official visits to make a decision, you have an opportunity to, to, to really uh, change the direction of those things, which is huge for Ohio State. We know – go ahead. You got something? No, go ahead. We know that Ohio State – is is out of the mix right now for J.C. Latham. There is a, I don't want to say momentum, starting with Tristan Lay, the offensive lineman, the five-star offensive tackle from Fairfax, Virginia. But there's like some easy rolling momentum uh, in the Buckeyes' favor right now that has started to really pick up in the last few weeks, along with LSU. That was, and we talked about it here before, but there was a thought initially that it was a Clemson, Penn State, maybe type battle for Tristan Lee, uh, and now you're starting to see Ohio State really get in the mix. And I've talked to one person uh, close to the Buckeyes who said that, you know, that's the guy they really think they can build on. Uh, as far as an offensive tackle goes, he has NFL potential, uh, and, and he's you know now a five-star uh, prospect. He's the number three-ranked offensive tackle in the country, and a player that the Buckeyes have had on campus once, and he's not going to commit anytime soon. So you don't worry about that one either. So when you're looking at the offensive line developing, there's going to be one answer this week, and that's Garrett Dellinger announcing on Wednesday between Ohio State, LSU, Penn State, Michigan, Notre Dame. I think that's an LSU win, uh, but I know that you know we're we're doing this on Monday. There's still no decision officially yet um, that's been given, according to people I talked to at Ohio State. So um, that they expect on Tuesday afternoon at some point. So if Dellinger picks the Buckeyes, shockingly, then a lot of things change. But the dominoes start to fall. The dominoes start to fall. But here's the question, Spencer: After six offensive linemen signed in the class of 2020. Looking at the roster, do they really need more offensive linemen in this class? I think they need one. One more. You've got a headliner already. It's really weird, this offensive line cycle for Ohio State, because in any other cycle where 
kids weren't committing so early, a Donovan Jackson commitment would be the absolute headliner yeah. of this offensive line class. And he's becoming a little bit of not an afterthought, but I think people are forgetting about him a little bit. He's a four to five star talent. I think he's going to end up in the five star range when it's all said and done uh, if he's not already there. Yeah, I mean, he's a top 10 recruit according to the 247 Sports Composite. Exactly. He is very talented. And the fact that they're just going after these big fish on top of him is it, it's kind of making it seem like he's. Uh, second or third on the big yeah. board. No, on, in any program in the country, he would be at the top of the list. I think the other interesting part is this decommitment cycle that everybody's expecting, I think is going to be a little different than everybody yeah. thinks right now. Because if you can't have visits anytime soon, I think kids are going to decommit, but not decommit so they can take their visit, but decommit to just say, let me make sure I have all this. So the board could change at any time is what I'm trying yeah. to say. You've got Tristan Lay who was an afterthought you know we thought ohio state was dead in the water at that with that yeah, it seemed like they were because it seemed like the the momentum had uh, almost entirely shifted to jc latham and when that happens we start to reshuffle the deck and the player of jc latham who's a five star maybe tristan lay you start to think okay if they get one five star at tackle they're not going to get the other and it's it's kind of like a i don't want it to compare it it's it's a loose comparison to the the Jackson Carmen deal. You lose you lose one five star, but now you start to really zone in on another right. five star, and you could end up with one. Tristan Lay looks like a guy Ohio State's starting to build some build some momentum with, and if he's not going to commit in the next eight to ten weeks, if he yeah. gives Ohio State that much time to build a relationship, I really think Ohio State has a pretty good shot when it when it comes down to the decision date. You know, you know one thing, and we've talked about it so much um, in the past on on talking stuff before is how the Buckeyes are kind of positionless on the defensive line. But I think what makes this 2021 offensive line cycle interesting, why I think maybe they don't need another guy. Like if they do, they'll certainly take another offensive lineman, maybe maybe two. It's not a need at this point. A cherry on top. But Ben Chrisman and Donovan Jackson could both play tackle or guard. So there's this flexibility that you have with those two that you're not penciled in, and that that maybe makes it easier if you're calling Tristan Lay and you're saying, hey, buddy, we got no tackles in this class. Yeah. We got two guards. We got two real good guards. Guys that they thought were going to be tackles when they took the commitments. But we don't have a guard or a tackle, so maybe Tristan, you know, maybe that's part of the cell. What else is part of the cell with Tristan Lay is Travion Henderson, another Virginia product who's becoming close there and, and starting to really work on trying to, to, to maintain the relationship from a peer to peer standpoint. But ultimately I think when you're talking about the offensive line, it comes down to this. Ohio state is not going to reach. And I, I know that, you know, that sounds obvious, but after taking six offensive linemen a year ago, and, and importantly of those six really only expect Paris Johnson to play in 2020 right so you have five guys that are probably going to be on the verge of red shirting you really don't need to go three or four deep at the offensive line in 2021 unless it's a player that you know has nfl potential and that's where a guy like tristan Lake fills in what's interesting about the, the ohio state offensive line recruiting is like when you take running backs you want one to two per cycle sure when you take wide receivers you want two to four per cycle. When you take offensive linemen, I view it as a two-year window. You want eight offensive linemen, eight, seven or eight offensive linemen every two years. It's not like you want four in one class, four in the other. If the math works out that way, perfect. But you want about seven or eight every two years to keep a 15 
offensive linemen, right. you know, uh, bubble of, of scholarship guys. They took six in 2020. 2021, if you only get two, they're two really good guys. Yeah. And so if you get another one, that's nine in a two-year span. That's a lot. Yeah, that, it, When you think about it that way, nine in two years is a lot. And so I think it is uh, – like I said, I'm just going to keep saying it. It's a cherry on top if you get any of these guys because all of them are, are super talented and Ohio State already has what they need and now it's kind of go out and get what you want. Yep, absolutely. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast. Uh, so, Spencer, we're talking about time, right, and how time is important. One of the positions that we thought there was time for Ohio State when it came to one of the country's top players was Tony Grimes, the number one ranked cornerback in the country. And the idea that Ohio State made his top four and um, that maybe, you know, they'd have the ability over the next four or five months with a planned December decision to maybe work their way in. It, it's There are prospects right now who are moving their decision back because they want to be sure. And then there's Tony Crimes. Yeah, who's moved his way up. Uh, it is now going to make his announcement at the end of June. And... Timing is everything when it comes to these recruitments. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State need needed less time with certain prospects like J.C. Latham. If he would have committed in April, I think he would be right. an Ohio State pledge. And then they need more time with others, and they needed every second of the Tony Grimes recruitment to catch up. And it just it just doesn't seem like that's going to pan out. Well, yeah, I mean, it, well, he's, it's, he's making his announcement on the uh, June thirtieth, and, and the reality is, it, it speaks to what I think was the the choice kind of all along for Grimes has been between North Carolina and Georgia with Ohio state and Virginia tech, Penn state, a couple of these other schools just kind of hanging around. Kerry Combs is working hard in that recruitment, but without any visit to Ohio state in the last year, uh, without any visit to Ohio state since Combs has taken over, I, I, I thought, and I kind of said as much when we talked about him, when we were here a few weeks ago, um, it seemed like Ohio State was a hat on the table, and I still think that way. But you can't help but wonder if this is like the final decision for Grimes or not. So maybe there's an opportunity down the road. I think it's going to end up being Georgia over North Carolina. That's just the way that I'm, I'm reading it and talking to people uh, who I know close to the Bulldogs program. Like I think that Georgia's going to win that one. And Ohio State will keep its focus on Jordan Hancock as a potential flip down the road. But other than that, I think they're pretty much done at defensive back. So if I'm reading this correctly, Ohio State has six defensive backs currently committed. Correct. But but does Ohio State want seven? Are, are they Ohio State is legitimately looking to add seven. And I said, well, again, there, you have Derek Davis, so you know that they're, they're at least looking to add a seventh. Yeah, because he so, could play. He could also play linebacker. Right. So the question is, and so can Jalen Johnson. So there's removable parts there. So the question is then, are they looking for an eighth? Because this is all positionless anyway. Right. So yeah. what we're talking about may be moot when it's all said and done. So the, uh, if you're asking, are they looking for an eighth defensive back? <laughs> then the answer is still yes. If it's the right guy, they're never going to turn down the right guy. Yeah. And someone like Jordan Hancock is for sure the right guy. If he decided to, to shock the world and flip from Clemson. What you do know is that Tony Grimes is making his announcement. Ohio State is likely not going to be the choice. But, you know, what day is it? It's the 22nd. Uh, there could be something happening in the next eight days, I guess. But I'm, I'm going to bet that was going to go Georgia or North Carolina. I'm, I'm particularly thinking it's going to Georgia. 
and then, like I said, the Buckeyes, as we mentioned last week, it's about maybe it's a good time to take a step back, reassess the board, and see what's going on. And to- part of the reassessment might include Tristan Light. It yeah. might include Jordan Hancock and, and, and continuing that. You know, this might be a time where Ohio State says, okay, this guy's committed elsewhere. Let's see, is he worth, is this recruitment worth looking back into right. or is, continuing is the, is the potential return worth the investment and, yeah and, exactly and that's ultimately what recruiting comes down to and how much time and energy the buckeyes are spending in each particular case we do know that the buckeyes have the number one ranked class in the country they're not taking any time off they're not slowing down but it is important to understand that in a class with 19 commitments Maybe they're only going to finish with 24 or 25, not 27, 28, like people were thinking all along. And that's why it's unlikely to me that they're going to take a second tight end. It seems unlikely that they're going to take any other defensive back. Um, and I say that knowing that Derek Davis is out there uh, beyond him. So unless, you know, Jordan Hancock wants to flip, then they'll, they'll certainly say yes. Um, offensive line, if they don't get one of those core four the, of Jagger Burton, Rocco Spindler, uh, Garrett Dellinger, and Tristan Lay, I really don't think they're going to go out and offer anyone else unless somebody absolutely blows up in summer, uh, spring, uh, blah, 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 senior season. You know, and again, that's where I know I sound like a broken record, but like <laughs> losing the summer camps was such an important loss for programs and for recruits around the country because especially when you're talking about the offensive line and especially when you're talking about offensive linemen in ohio Mm -hmm. that is that is when they get noticed exactly you know it will be worth watching i think down the road once uh the high school seasons begin as long as they do um that there are a couple offensive linemen in ohio that have caught the buckeyes eye but i don't think that they make moves there unless guys leave that they don't expect to leave uh, so, because the numbers are kind of tight. So back to cornerbacks and then we can you, finish you've, up. Ar- you've already finished up on offensive sure. line. One thing I think it's important for Ohio State fans to know if they're listening to this show. Every episode that we have had since, I would say for the past four weeks, yeah. Jordan Hancock's name has been brought up. Mm-hmm. I know and everyone who reads your stuff knows if you bring up a guy, that means there is at least something there. Yeah. You're not going to talk about a guy who's committed elsewhere and is not even, you know, watched. I just think it's worth watching Jordan Hancock's recruitment. I don't think it's anywhere near over. The conversation with Jordan Hancock has continued since he committed. It has never stopped. It is not oftentimes about football. It's not really what how the Buckeyes recruit, period. But and this is this is huge because I don't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that's okay. Kids don't flip from Clemson. It's it's going to take a rare thing for that to happen. But Jordan Hancock, more than Tony Grimes, more than anybody else, has been the number one player on the Buckeye board at cornerback. So they lose nothing by being there and talking to the kid. And the, the kids in the class talk to him quite a bit. And you just don't know. I mean, any weird things can happen in recruiting. We've seen it all over the place. So uh, we'll keep watching that with Jordan Hancock. And, you know, then you have to wonder, does is there any chance that if Jordan Hancock flipped, does that mean Barrett Carter flips? I mean, there, there's all these other... It's a moving wheel. Yeah, the, there, there's these pieces that are in play. And, you know, how does that impact John Davis? Are the Buckeyes still recruiting him? Yes. I mean, there's all these little... Uh, pieces that are still left, but there's no hurry for any of them at this point. And so, you know, understand that from the Buckeyes perspective, time is their friend. 
and they're going to take as much of it as they can right now. Um, sure, there are some recruitments like Emeka Abuka where they would like that to be over. <laughs> they don't want to have to keep w- trying to win that battle because they feel like they've done enough over the last year and a half to do it. But it's not over. And in that case, maybe time is not their friend. But it, it's the nuance of, of, of this game and this wonderful world of recruiting. But uh, we'll talk more about that next week. Uh, that is Spencer Holbrook. I am Jeremy Birmingham. This has been Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, brought to you by Letterman Row and Byers Automotive. If you're looking for an auto, go to Byers Auto. Thanks for watching, everyone. We will talk to you next time.